Hi everyone, my name is Andreas Feiner and I would like to welcome you to our podcast, Important Problems. Together with my wonderful guests, we will address urgent problems such as sustainability, nature and mental health and how we can tackle them. Our aim is to show you that everyone can solve important problems. Hello, everyone. Today, we have an absolute fascinating personality with us, uh, Daniel Vishevich. He's the co-founder of the World Fund. Um, he used to be a journalist. Um, he worked for um, Angela Merkel in her public relations department, and he's a climate activist. Um, and he's putting together with a couple of friends um, the largest ever um, European climate venture fund with about 350 million Uh, of a capital raise. He has invested in more than 12 companies now, um, very interesting ones, which we all will talk about today. But now, please enjoy Daniel and the conversation that I have with him. Have a good one and see you soon. Hi, Daniel. It's a great pleasure to have you in our podcast, Important Problems. We have uh, known each other now for probably two or three years, and it's always been a pleasure to talk to you and I learned a lot from you. So, It was just normal that, you know, I invite you to, to one of the episodes, Important Problems. And thank you so much for taking the time. Your time is very valuable and you're busy. Um, but um, would you like to introduce yourself to the, to the listeners? Of course. Yeah. Thank you very much, Andreas. I learned a lot from you, too. Always inspiring to listen to your podcast and uh, speaking with you. So um, vice versa. Um, learned a lot. And um, yeah, my background is today I'm a venture capitalist. So um With my co-founders together, uh, I've built World Fund, uh, which is uh, the largest climate tech venture capital fund in Europe. Um, but I have a, a background that maybe uh, was not like the typical VC background. So I was journalist uh, for the most time of my life, um, writing for Handelsblatt and other uh, economical newspapers, business newspapers, um, switched to Deutsche Welle, again, TV journalist, uh, but then also worked five years for Angela Merkel. So I did um, many different things, mainly in the communication space. So for Angela Merkel, I also did the communications. We called it the audiovisual appearance of her. So I was very um, proud and happy to be uh, having been co-responsible for that from 2012 to 2017. And I was always uh, in, in search for the largest lever I can get to solve the largest problem we have as humankind, and it's the climate crisis. Finally, ended up in venture capital for the reason that I learned um, that if I get myself into a position where I can redirect capital into those founders and startups uh, that can really disrupt, transform our economy and society to the better, I'm convinced that this is um, the best I can do to help reverse global warming. This is, this is amazing, but, but how did you actually get to this stage? You know, like um, if you can also you know, talk a little about, um, you know, you have been an entrepreneur yourself, you know, with Crowd Reporter, which is a, a very cool concept as well. Um, how did you end up um, kind of on the climate topic, you know, thereafter? Is there, was there a moment that kind of, you know, um, you know, sparked the interest in the topic so that you would devote your life yeah. to this? So I'm aware of the climate crisis already for more than 20 years. And I'm a member of the Green Party for that reason, for more than 20 years. Um, And I was always searching, as said, for the for the long, longest lever. And Kautra Potter, what you mentioned, is a platform uh, for investigative journalism. So 
our goal was with really highly qualitative um, pieces to basically inform um, and explain backgrounds to, to a broader audience. Still, I learned that um, you can inspire, you can influence, um, but I didn't have the feeling that this changes the needle so much. And my core um, um, yeah, experience or, or the moment was 2018, I have to say, Greta Thunberg. This pupil, I, I by myself, I have a daughter, she's 13 years old now, basically kind of the age Greta was then. And um, I was just impressed by that girl, woman, and the movement. And then I digged deeper and then I only learned, although having been already aware of the climate crisis, only then I learned how in, in what deep trouble we are. I mean, we, we can't explain with words what we, we are heading uh, to in the next years. And basically, I, I knew I have to put all my life, have to dedicate myself um, to, to yeah, help tackle the climate crisis. Hmm, that's interesting. And then um, you also got to know, uh, you know, uh, Christian Kroll from Ecosia, um, uh, a very fascinating uh, person, uh, uh, I think, is Christian. Um, and Tim, so how did you get to know these guys? And then in the end, you know, started to work with them on, you know, more of a commercial element. Um, you know, how did that happen? Yeah, Christian Kroll is the founder of Ecosia, a very, very inspiring founder, uh, whom I met through mm -hmm. Tim. And um, so Tim is one of my co-founders at World Fund. And Tim and I, we know each other for more than 26 years. So we met each other when we studied in Cologne. And um, while uh, I became a journalist, uh, writing about venture capital and startups, mm -hmm. mainly inspired by him. He was a founder, exited a few companies, uh, IPO'd them, became investor, investor mainly in climate tech companies like Ecosia, which is the largest search engine of Europe in Europe. And what is Ecosia doing is something unique. All their profits are dedicated to climate action. So mainly planting trees. They have planted more than 175 million trees so far. And what Tim and Christian then did um, around 10 years, no, uh, Tim invested 10 years ago and around five years ago, um, this company was worth uh, far more than 100 million euros and they could have sold it. But they decided to make it a purpose company. What's quite crazy because... Um, it means they gave away their shares to ensure that all the profits uh, still are invested into climate action, mainly planting trees. So, um, yeah, it's it's an incredible thing. I asked him why he did that, and he said, okay, I mean, he owns many more companies as investor, and for him it is um, a great thing to make Ecosia a purpose company to ensure that it sticks to its um, vision and mission. The mission is uh, climate action. And for Christian, it's the only company. So Christian is just, um, um, he lives for that purpose. He lives for tackling climate crisis. He lives for um, making this world a better place for all of us. And um, that he gave away all his shares inspired me also um, very much. And I'm, of course, as a venture capitalist and with World Fund, we are very, very, very much profit driven. And we want to make our LPs happy, mainly through returning uh, of course, uh, what a VC has to do, returning uh, a lot of capital. But um, I'm also very much convinced that uh, how Ecosia has also shown you can build great companies with huge value by following a purpose. Hmm. Okay, that's that's very amazing. And I guess the other thing, you know, that, that we now can kind of, you know, pivot into is, you know, that um, Ecosia and Christian were also the incubating and, and Tim, the incubators of the World Fund. So... So they understand that it's not only about, you know, planting trees, 
but also about leveraging companies that are, you know, tackling the climate crisis. And, and I don't know, um, you know, what the best way is now to start about, you know, how you can actually uh, talk about the World Fund. But what I always find inspiring is the Project Drawdown, which I understand is, you know, a, you know, a fun foundation of the work that you're doing at World Fund. Would you, would you like to talk a little bit about the Project Drawdown? Yes, of course. So, yeah, I think that's the right thing to start with uh, because Project Rowdown had huge uh, influence in starting World Fund. Project Rowdown is, uh, I describe them always as a collective of more than 100 scientists who came together to find out what solutions and technologies have the most significant um, emission reduction potential. So what do we need to do to reverse global warming? It is mainly reducing emissions to get uh, them out of our atmosphere. Um, so they then also published a book that came out in 2017. So besides Greta, this book also had a huge influence on me. Mm -hmm. um, and this book, by the way, was also recommended from Christian to Tim, from Tim to me. And uh, so we all read it uh, already 2017. And uh, when you read those solutions as a venture capitalist, you know, <laughs> wow, uh, this is investable. This is something that mm -hmm. can become large that can uh, create huge companies um, based on these technologies. So we decided then um, to build World Fund. What is a VC that is investing only in technologies with significant emissions reduction potential? And we have built with the founders of Project Rawdown, namely Chad Frischman, uh, as, as mentioned as one example, uh, we have built a methodology uh, with our head of impact, who is a mathematician, and so we call it the climate performance potential. We assess technologies and their emission savings potential. How does that work? You know, climate potential, like this is, is a good word, but, but what, what does it actually do? Yeah, so it's, uh, it makes sure three, so, so yeah, three points. The one is uh, we have a top-down approach, looking at the technologies and assessing, assessing their emission reductions potential. So, um, solar, wind, battery, battery recycling. Mm -hmm. uh, in that book I mentioned before, 100 uh, solutions are um, described. So this database is basically our database to assess through this top-down approach, the emission reductions potential. But then you also have the life cycle assessment, mm -hmm. uh, which is a, um, a bottom-up approach. Mm -hmm. And usually we come up with kind of same numbers. And what we're looking at, okay, um, yeah, is this really also above 100 megatons of uh, yearly emissions. Mm -hmm. So um, the third thing that we then do is also checking if it does significant harm. So we also mm -hmm. want to make sure not to invest into something that can sig significantly reduce emissions, but does significant harm elsewhere. So this mm -hmm. is like the third thing we do. Um, and this is aligned with also the EU taxonomy and mm -hmm. um, SFDRs. Um, yeah, and this is, this is CPP. And uh, based on that, we also created an alliance, what I'm very proud of, the Venture Climate Alliance, together with other American uh, and European VCs who um, yeah, consider not only direct financial returns, but also climate returns um, when they do investments. So, yes, uh, I hope that World Fund is more than just a fund, but also creating tools uh, and maybe a movement um, towards investments for, I mean, yeah, a better world. We call it the regenerative world that we envision. That's amazing. And now you basically started to, to you know, uh, get some money from, you know, uh, uh, Ecosia, I think about 10 million. 
and then kind of you know you started to build you know one of the largest European climate venture funds, um, you know yeah. uh, that has ever been built, and uh, I think you are on a trajectory to to get this done quite uh, quite nicely. So. Um, tell me a little bit about your life as an entrepreneur, you know, like having come from from journalism, you know, working, you know, in the Bundeskanzleramt, then kind of, you know, uh, being a venture capitalist, you know, you have kind of a very diverse background. And if you can talk about, you know, what are the ups and downs, you know, being an entrepreneur, taking something, a problem, instead of, you know, moaning about it, trying to solve it or, you know, contribute to the solution. How does that feel? You know, sometimes there is, you know, always a bad day, I guess, you know, can you tell us a little bit yeah. about that? Um, first of all, it's great because I'm in touch with the most impressive founders, entrepreneurs. Um, of course, this is a huge crisis. And I told you uh, at the start of our podcast that uh, what we have upon us, uh, we can't imagine. It's really, um, it has catastrophe potential. But we, humankind, have brilliant minds <laughs> and we are able to cope. We are able to have ideas. We have, and, and basically technology is nothing else than the translation of our brilliant minds into action. And when I look at the climate technologies that are developed to a huge uh, extent in, in Europe, I mean, mm -hmm. I can only have good days although i have often bad nights i must confess because i read on a daily basis about the recent findings of climate crisis um but yeah um when i started world fund three things i had to make sure the one is to have the right team fortunately with tim and christian and daria who is our uh, co-founder um, i had complementary super investors by my side i mean my background journalism politics of course with a strong focus on venture capital and startups but tim and daria having been awarded 2020 as best female and best male investor at the german startup awards you know i i i had the best by my side hmm. um, someone whom i know for more than 25 years and someone who i also know for many years and who is my co-founder daria so number one and we built a team of um, now around close to 20 people who are experienced investors, having worked before for other leading PE funds, for other leading VC funds, who have a huge track and who are, who have a strong tech and science background. Because this is important when you invest into climate tech startups, that you not only have those ex-McKinsey, um, ex-BCG, uh, let me tease you, ex-PricewaterhouseCooper people, but you also have to have those biochemists, you have to have those uh, chemical engineers, engineers, physicists, biologists uh, who understand the atoms, not only the, the bits and bytes. And yeah. uh, so we have this team, number one team. Number two, of course, getting in touch with the best founders. Fortunately, I was a journalist in Berlin uh, and know basically all of the investors and founders. Uh, as a journalist, mm. I spoke to all of them. Uh, this is my network and Daria and Tim and all other team of us have this network. Uh, so we, we, I would say, get every climate tech deal on our table as the first fund. So we see it all. And uh, the third, of course, getting the LPs on board. And that was a hard thing. Because as you mentioned, uh, is one of our very first investors uh, with 10 million, true. Um, but then, of course, we had to convince, I mean, we are a 
350 million fund and still not there, but very close. And before, um, now fortunately, already European Investment Fund has joined with more than 50 million. Never ever done such a big investment into a VC fund, uh, European Investment Fund. We got from them 50 million. We got capital from KfW Capital, from a huge reinsurance company in Germany, from the Ignitus Group, from the pension fund of the Environment Agency in the UK. But before we got them on board, there was really two years of, yeah, two years of huge uh, fundraising uh, that we had to succeed with. Okay, I mean, thank you so much. I mean, this is a very, you know, impressive list of investors, and uh, and, and having done this as a first-time fund is is probably something that is close to impossible. So, so this is really cool. So, we touched upon your life, you know, what you've done in the past. We talked about the problem that you want to solve. Um, we also talked about how you want to solve this with um, the uh, the World Fund. But um, we have a couple of minutes left, and and I would love to touch a bit upon um, your uh, portfolio companies. Um, so if we can talk about them. So recently you invited me to be part of, um, you know, the study um, that you have written on kind of, you know, the climate topic. And we will also link this into the show notes, of course. Um, and we had a panel discussion and there was one lady um, uh, that was, you know, was a founder of a battery company. That was Lilian Schlich from Salib. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic woman. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that. And then with you know, pleasure, all the, other, all the other cool stuff that, that one can yeah. find uh, in your portfolio. Yes, and this is one of the people, you know, um, when you ask me, how are those days as entrepreneur, as investor, um, when you talk to Lilian Schwich, and uh, she's only one of many, you just can't think different than be an optimist and have hope. So Lilian um, has founded uh, Silip, uh, what is a um, battery recycling company. So they recycle lithium, graphite, uh, raw earth. So most, I think it is even 99% uh, or close to 99% of the battery. Mm. And um, so this accelerates the transition to the electrification of transportation, for example, of course. Mm. Um, it helps us to get the circular economy. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, she's one of the leading metallurgists Uh, of Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically her tech is a spin-off of the RWTH in Aachen, uh, what's the tech mm -hmm. technical uh, University of Aachen, uh, what is mm -hmm. close to Cologne. Um, and uh, just impressive. Her optimism, her smartness, knowledge, the tech, and they're really developing very fast and very, very well. So um, Salib is one of 12 portfolio companies that we already have. Um, Another company, so that you can really see the broad, broad uh, range of climate technologies, we're switching from battery to the food space, Planet A Foods. Zara mm -hmm. uh, and Max uh, are the founders of Planet A mm -hmm. Foods, and they have, it's a precision fermentation platform where they, in a lab, have developed their very first product, which is basically the cocoa bean, or um, what you add to chocolate so that it's chocolate. So mm -hmm. um, the cocoa bean is one of the main reasons for deforestation, um, and if we can offer a product that has the same taste or even better, uh, which is cheaper, of course, the chocolate manufacturers will switch to it and um, not deforest anymore. Mm. Next product they are tackling is palm oil. But that's, um, um, yeah, that's the next. So precision fermentation platform they've built. Um, maybe a third example. Um, let me think what I quickly come up with. Um, yeah, maybe a crazy 
example, Spaceforge. <laughs> it's a company building satellites. Uh, okay. We've been asked uh, many times, okay, sorry, that's not, is that really climate tech? Because people think about the rockets and all the um, gasoline you need to um, get the satellite uh, on space. <laughs> uh, but if you produce semiconductors, and that's their first use case uh, in the space, they have a higher efficiency, they are um, better. Um, so they, they, what they do in space is a um, gallium nitrite, gallium nitride coating mm -hmm. uh, they put on the wafers. And um, yeah, they use less energy. Plus, you don't have to produce them on Earth, where we, we, we would need a lot of energy to create vacuum, cold, uh, uh, no gravity. So, and then all is returnable. So also the satellites. Um, and we did the calcs and have realized that it has significant emission reduction potential. And uh, hopefully this year, that's the plan, their first satellite will launch and bring back uh, those space manufactured semiconductors and chips for the telecommunications industry. So they already have a contract with uh, British Telecom and many, many more. This is amazing. So, so in which country was this set up? Um, they are very proud to be Cardiff-based, so Wales. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Because, you know, obviously, you know, with the Chips Act in the US and, you know, what's happening in China on chips, you know, this is um, obviously a topic, you know, front and center for many people who discuss. Absolutely. And Silip, what we talked about, the lithium uh, and, and graphite recycling company, battery recycling, it's all also, we do climate investments, but quite often you also have yeah, strategically important components added to it. That's pretty cool. Thank you so much for sharing this. And uh, probably to close this off, uh, this episode for today. So what, are, what is your advice to, to young people, um, you know, who see a problem, you know, what would you like to tell them, you know, where is they should, uh, you know, what is their role model they should basically aspire to? Definitely those people that I mentioned um, who are not only brilliant, they're also great executors. So this is something um, maybe to the younger generation, um, <laughs> it's also hard work, you know? It's, it's great to have great ideas, but 99% is execution. Um, and enjoy your work, have, stay healthy. Um, but also know that um, in the right team, and if you want to achieve something, um, usually it's not nine to five. I, I, maybe this is old school, but usually if you build something that is really relevant, um, you will do it with going the extra mile. So mm -hmm. be aware of that. And of course, you need the right mm -hmm. team that you feel mm -hmm. strong with, where you know if you do mi mistakes uh, and fail, um, they will, with you together, search for the solution, how to improve, no blaming culture, so very important, mm -hmm. uh, but then also team up and um, be willing to deliver. Um, yeah, so that's that would be it. And of course, um, read about climate crisis, because I think everyone who understands it will understand that this is really the issue of our times, what we need to solve. Otherwise, um, I don't want to, yeah. Otherwise, goodbye. 
idea. <laughs> so we need to end on a positive note. Thank you so much. But um, <laughs> so so it's um, obviously the climate crisis is uh, is a problem. But also, I think you know, to my mind, adaptation is something that is quite critical. You know, like we will probably not be able to hold it up uh, for one and a half degrees. Probably it's going to get to two. Um, I think we all need to to work together. We must not, you know, let this become a you know a project of political will or ill will. You know, so it, it's been instrumentalized quite a lot. Um, and I think we need to know that we have to adapt and change all of us, um, which sometimes needs a sacrifice. Sometimes it's an opportunity. And I think you know what you guys are showing is you know that you know something that many people always talk about you know with the connotation of a crisis and you know existential crisis. You took this and uh, you are helping you know absolutely brilliant minds to find the money that they need in order to express themselves. And that, to my mind, is something you know that's very laudable. And you know I only can say thank you. Um, it's super cool to to get to, uh, to know you and to, to have the ability to chat to you every once in a while. Um, and whenever we can or I can help you, obviously, I will continue to do so. So thank you so much, Daniel. Um, it was a great pleasure having you in the Important Problems podcast today. Thank you very much, Andreas. This is the end of today's episode, but stay tuned. Many more interesting topics are yet to come. And don't forget to hit the follow button to never miss a new and exciting episode of our podcast, Important Problems. <laughs>